<laughs> and now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. episode we talk legos horrors and the spooky things that go bump in a galaxy far far away welcome to our commentary for lego star wars terrifying tales and we're gonna chat about some of our favorite horror moments or scary moments in star wars how you doing chris i'm doing good now, Chris has prefaced this by saying that he's had a very interesting and crazy week, and he wouldn't tell me about it beforehand. So, Chris, how was your week? Because I want to hear a, it. I've had a great week. Um, did we talk about my uh, the Nancy Drew books that I sold? You Okay, so after we recorded last week, you were telling me about how you went to this great bookstore and you found a bunch of great finds. You didn't right. specifically mention Nancy Drew, but you said that you were able to fill in gaps of they, another they were collection the and the Doctor Strange. They were Yeah, the, the Nancy Drew was before that. But yes. you did not tell the story on the show. Right, okay, okay. So so I, I got a bunch of... I, I got a whole set of Nancy Drew books at a garage sale. One of the f- few garage sales I went, got to go to this summer. Just sold those for $300. Got them for 20 So that was a nice little starter. And then I was telling you about I got a whole... I, I spent like 40 bucks at a used bookstore and got about 8 or 10 books, including like 5 or 6 comics for a buck a piece. One of which was the first... It wasn't the first appearance of Doctor Strange, but it was the first um, issue of Doctor Strange as a comic, you know, as his own comic. Yeah. And... uh so I put that up on eBay. You want to guess? I know the number because you messaged it to me. So, oh. listeners, listeners, think of a number in your head of how much you think the first issue of Doctor Strange is. And and you said it was graded about a five or a six. So that's that's a pretty decent grade. I would grade. say about a five. I would not go as far as six. I would go. Okay. As a, I, I would, well, I would say five, which is fine. But I I put it up on eBay as a good. But I put yeah. lots of pictures on it so somebody would know that it was better than good. Yeah, and for a comic of that era to just kind of come across it, that's a pretty decent thing. So listeners, think of what you think the price of this comic is. Well, How I, much was I it, paid $1 for it. <laughs> <laughs> How much was it, Chris? $271 readings. Ooh, you made a $270 profit. <laughs> yeah, minus what eBay takes out and postage and all that, but still, still yeah. More. <laughs> I, my rule of thumb is I like to make five times as much as I paid for it. Oh, you, you know. So did. I definitely, definitely <laughs> bought myself a little leverage on other sales at that point. 
and uh, just to just to uh, to follow that that the 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 Grom the Grashale God has been smiling upon me. I was I was in bed sleeping, and I was gonna get up and go to work in a, in like a couple hours. And my roommate woke me up and was just like, "Get out of bed now." we're going somewhere and I'm like, okay, where are we going? She's like, my friend works at an office or a software company and they're closing down and they're throwing away all their office equipment and Ooh. computers. So Just she, to put your, like, tech? so we, we go there and we grab one of those office mail carts and we walk into the first room and the, the woman goes, take whatever you want everything's getting shredded tomorrow so don't worry about it so the first thing we did when we walked into one room is my roommate goes can you hand me six of the 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 most powerful laptops and she said sure and just put them in our cart and then i got myself a nice monitor that's way bigger so i'm up back in photoshop beautiful photoshop like it's pref- it's comparable to when I had an iMac. My so jaw is open in envy right now. Just like holy shit. I've got a brand new office chair that's like a super expensive, beautiful. Like my back feels better just sitting in it. Oh my! I'm sitting here in my squeaky little chair. So I, jealous got, of you. I've got like four, you know, external hard drives of varying sizes from two terabytes to 500 gigs. Those are kind of old. Those are like 10 years old, but whatever. Um, as long as they work. We got the docks so you can put the 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 laptop in a dock, like have the dock hooked up to a monitor and keyboard and you can just take the computer and stick it in there and use it, you know. And if I'd known any anything about office equipment and stuff, I probably would have picked up a lot of stuff, like more stuff. But we only had so much room in our car, too. And it was like, you don't want to push your luck, you know, even though she was like, like, no, really take whatever you want. They're going to throw it out. I was just like, no, nah, I can't just stuff my house full of expensive electronics. Just give we have to figure out how we have to reconfigure all the, the computers, you know. And probably put operating systems on them, but they're beautiful. They got all they're 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 you know maybe like top of the line five years ago laptops, but they have like a million different connect. You know they have every different connector and like five USBs. You know they're they're set up for war. And then my ra- neighbors had a garage sale. I bought a pair of leather boots, uh, like short leather boots for ten dollars that are the most comfortable thing I've ever have had on my feet in my life. I haven't taken them off in two days. I'm just wearing them around the house. They're beautiful. I'm so jealous. Like, our guard cells suck. It's like old people clothes and Bibles and porcelain angels. These were, this was a, like, you ever heard the term trustafarian? No? It's usually like a, a, a kid who comes from money who's gone hippie you know like all grateful dead and they live kind of hippie but they got money you know like i can see it i imagine it well <laughs> yeah they have the money to tour around with fish or the grateful dead or whatever you know and and but they still they 
they dress all hippie, but like they've got three hundred dollar shoes on, you know, that sort of thing. It was from a from a Trustafarian, you know, they were they they had glass marijuana bowls for sale because now it's New York State, so it's not illegal. So they they were just like, we'll sell our old bowls and a three hundred dollar pair of boots that that are like. They're, I think I might use them when I do weddings. They're 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 that dressy looking, but oh my god, they are so comfortable. They are like they were made for my feet, you know. When when the when the soles go on them, I'll probably get them resold. I'm wearing them right now. They just feel in my sweats. I'm wearing my sweats, and I got these boots on. <laughs> my feet feel better in them than out of them. I'm so jealous. Like, yeah, oh. I had I had a bonanza week of like, like coming back. Uh, there's been like three or four times where I've come back to the house with a haul and just sort of had to like almost lay down. You know, I've had to stop and like get a hold of myself because my body's just dumping like pleasure endorphins of of uh, you know scrounging wonderfulness yeah it's worked out really well it's been a good run it's a good run you get them every once in a while you know but i wasn't expecting too many of them because i didn't it wasn't a big garage sailing summer you know it's just sort of not looking for it you know the the computer stuff was out of the blue can you can you get some of your like lucky mojo and like jar it up and mail it to me because i could really i i could use that right now I, I could de- I I need like uh, I I need like a baker's dozen of jars. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's something it's that I just jar up. I just have to teach people to be exactly like me, and it'll just happen for them. I I don't know. I'm thinking of setting up a course. How, <laughs> how, how was your week? Not that exciting. Uh, I mean, it was relatively chill. I mostly just worked. Um, if 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 anybody has been following this podcast for gosh, how long have we been recording for? Like six years. years. Like six years, seven years, two hundred and ninety-two episodes, almost three hundred episodes. Anybody who knows that this wonderful time of the year of October means that it's playoff baseball time. And as we are recording, my Braves are in the playoffs, knock on wood. And the game is tied, and it's on mute behind me, but I can see it in my window. I just, <laughs> I just find it so ironic if if somebody wrote a personality, like a profile, like a just just a vague sketch thumbnail of of you and me, and like which one of us is watching the sports game and which one is not, which one's excited <laughs> about the sports game and watching it, and the which one is not. People would uh, only peg you. We yeah we'd have to we'd have to like leave out like location because they'd you know they'd be like oh okay Atlanta okay so hope yeah but no I but, guess I guess there's sports games going on along everybody see that's how that's how excited about sports I think it's I think that like Atlanta's the only team playing right you know, maybe right now they are but you know there's probably a whole sports season going on right yeah yeah uh, so that's what all happens. the playoffs are going on right now and so um <laughs> i my braids are currently playing right now so if anybody who knows me who's been following this podcast means that 
it's on and I'm going to be constantly checking it. So if I seem slightly distracted, you know the rule. I'm here, but I'm also partially not here because something that I've loved longer than Star Wars is my Atlanta Braves. I was raised on them. I have fond memories of them. I remember sitting on my back porch listening to the radio with my grandparents. So like it's baseball time and it's on mute and I can see it in my window so I can look over at my window and see what's happening and it's there. You got to watch <laughs> you got to watch Lego with one eye and baseball yeah. with the other eye. So it's Headphones definitely... on, listen to my voice at the same time. <laughs> Constantly kind of turning around and checking the, the score behind me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've had a really chill week. I've just mostly been working. Um, I did my review for Geeky Waffle. I was jealous of all my friends at New York Comic Con, but I'm also really glad that they had a really good time. Oh, actually, do you know there's like letter personality tests like they're called like myers bridge or something yes so megan just got certified in that so she wanted me to try it and i took my first myers Briggs test oh my god it is it's a witch it's so scary accurate it's a witch chris i swear it's a wizard (laughs) how many questions is it it's a it's a pretty comprehensive yeah it was like 60 60 yeah oh that's not bad but like, I thought it was. I thought it was much more involved than that. Wow. Some are. She, Megan was telling me that there was different ones. So the one I I took was just a very basic one. Um, but I was reading it and like it got all my strengths, it got all my weaknesses, it got my career path. It even said like, um, the whole time I was reading this, I was like, this thing's a witch. This thing's so creepy. And the conclusion says, you may have muttered to yourself, wow, this is so accurate. It's a little creepy. And I was like, Megan, it knows me. It's watching me. Get out. (laughs) But I am apparently an INFP-T, which is a mediator. I am 59% introverted, 41% extroverted. I am more intuitive than I am observant. I am 61% feeling over thinking. And I am 92% turbulent. That is my living experience right. of every day. All right. That's, yeah, I'm not going to argue with any of that. But uh, the, the thing is, like, they may seem quiet and, quiet and unassuming, but mediators have vibrant, passionate inner lives, creative and imaginative. They happily lose themselves in daydreams, inventing all sorts of stories and conversations in their mind. My fan fiction is currently pulled up in my tabs, by the way. Um, these personalities are known for their sensitivity. Mediators can have profound emotional response to music, art, nature, and the people around them. Idealistic and empathetic, mediators have long, long for deep, soulful relationships, and they feel called to help others. But they, but because this personality type may, makes up a small portion of the population, mediators sometimes feel lonely and invisible, adrift in a world that doesn't seem to appreciate their traits that make them unique. That is my life in a summary. <laughs> huh. Every time I take one of those switch, they like set off a bunch of triggers and and alert the feds, and I just like, yeah, I stopped taking them after a while. Yeah, I, I took this one in particular because Megan um, just got certified, so she just like wanted to do it for fun and. And, like, there, there's more to it. That's just, like, the summary and stuff like that. Like, it has my practices, my career paths. And I was reading this, I was like, yes. Like, this is exactly how I feel in, like, working in corporation. That's exactly how I felt. And I did not feel fulfilled in the corporation. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I had a pretty quiet week. I just, you know, watched some shows. We've I've been watching Over the Garden Wall for the first time, which is a glaring hole in my animation. Okay. And- okay. I saw that pop up. And I yeah. thought to my and I and I kept forgetting I was gonna message you and go, 
Hope, should I watch this? Because I watched a like a trailer for it. And it was a bizarre trailer, but then I started reading like comments under it and people are like, Oh, I watched this because I was a big fan of Gravity Falls and I was looking for something, you know, to sort of fill that gap and this is different than Gravity Falls, but blah 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 and I was like gonna write you and be like, Should I watch Over the Garden Wall? I'm only two it looks interesting. At- yeah, I'm only two episodes into it. Um, and actually, it is a very... Hol- Everyone always tells me, like, I watch this every Halloween, so this is actually perfect for this. So I've only seen the first two episodes, and I will say that the pilot's a little rough. Um, it's very much a pilot. Uh, but the second episode really picked up. And but it's just like a single story, right? It was like a miniseries, right? Not yeah, really a, like, uh, the first okay. ten episodes are only 11 minutes long, and then the f- last episode's, like, 24. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a mini series, and I've know so many people who was sworn by it, and I've been enjoying it so far. It's, um, it, it's about two brothers who are just trying to get home, and they get lost in the woods, and they go on a journey through all these like I don't want to say Halloweeny towns, but the the episode I just watched, which was episode two, like all the people were like pumpkin people for a harvest, and they're like, oh, are we the harvest? Um, so and. It has some Star Wars ties to it because the voice of Mr. Jace Recklin, Elijah Wood, is also the voice of Wart, the older brother in the series. Oh, okay. I, I, it had a real underground, like, not as, I shouldn't say underground comic, but like 90s indie comic feel to it. You know, some of the more like, uh, um, surreal, surreal indie comic stuff so i'm i i was i it, it looked like something i and i just and i just caught up with what we do in the shadows i binged right through season two and now i'm caught up on season three so i'm looking for something to watch and that yeah, would be like, I, nice I, I like the, i like the, i think i really liked the first few episodes um a lot of the backgrounds actually reminds me of classic disney when they used to paint the backgrounds of 2d animation and and old fleischer brothers betty boop cartoon a little bit yeah with a mix of that um it 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 has like the backgrounds of like bambi or sleeping beauty or snow white with like the foreground animation of fleischer and maybe Um, that's that was a big aesthetic amongst a lot of the indie people in the 90s so maybe that's what it was maybe that was the element that was making me feel about that a very you know vintage vintage not even retro like back into vintage or antique look to it you know yeah and i know um i i, I know so many people who swear by it and like i said i enjoyed the first two episodes um so i'm looking forward to finishing the series so i i've been enjoying watching over the garden wall for the first time and I've been revisiting Kingdom Hearts a little bit, which is always fun, because that's just nostalgia lane for me. So yeah, I mean, I've had a really chill week. Nothing is quite as exciting as you, but we should talk about scary things. Yes. So, today... Scary Star Wars. We are going to be doing a commentary on LEGO Star Wars Terrifying Tales. It just came out. And then we're going to, you know, talk about it a little bit, and then talk about some of our favorite horror moments in Star Wars. So, you ready? Yes, I am. <clears throat> Some background information for you. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales aired on Disney Plus on October 1st, 2021. It was written by David Chain and directed by Ken Cunningham, who also directed the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special that came out last year. Last year being 2020, because I just realized this you might not listen to this at this time. <laughs> Some extra information for you. It stars Rafael Alejandro as Dean, 
Jake Green as Poe Dameron and Tony Hale as Vinay. Several regular cast members in the Lego Star Wars family reprised their roles from shows like Freemaker Adventures and Lego All-Stars. These include Dana Snyder as Grubala the Hutt. My boy, I love Grubala the Hutt. I love him so much. Give him his casino. Uh, Danny Jacobs and Joe DiMaggio as Bosch and Rom. Trevor Duvall as Emperor Palpatine. And Matthew Wood as the Battle Droids and Grievous. Christian Slater makes his Star Wars debut as the voice of Ren. After several... I can't talk. And several Star Wars animation familiar faces are back, like Sam Witwer, Shelby Young, James Arnold Taylor, Barbara Goodson, David Accord, and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Vinay is a character that first debuted in Rogue One, being the attendant to Darth Vader while he's in his back to tank. He has gone on to be a main character in the IDW Young Adult comic, Vader's Castle series, where he's essentially playing the same role as he does here in the LEGO special, spinning horror tales to people to gain something from them. And finally, Vinay was originally scripted to be in Star Wars Rebels Season 4, but he was later replaced in the World Between World episodes by Varys Hayden. Alright, let me close this, close this, close this, open this, alright! So, Chris, I know we've gained a lot of new listeners. Why don't you explain to them how this, how we do commentaries here on J Guys and Jedi? Well, we are going to watch this 44-minute film they call the Star Wars Halloween Special. And what you want to do is you want to get it all ready to watch on your whatever you're viewing it on, and and uh, have it on, have it paused and ready to start. And what I'll do is I will count down from three to one, and then when I say go, you hit play, and we'll all be synced up close enough. Um, and we'll have a good time doing it, and we'll be watching along the way. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Alright, so enough with the jibber-jabber. Let's get this going. Yeah, yeah. Three, two, one, go. Yay! I do like that Lucasfilm, when they do these LEGO Star Wars ones, um, have all the opening and the opening sequence as Legos. Except with the Legos, they put Darth Vader first instead of Grievy first. For some th- reason on the TV show, they have Grievy is like the first thing you see. I love it. Volume down just a touch. I love Mustafar. Mustafar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say right from the top, I like this a lot. I like Halloween better than Christmas, so I like this a lot better. Oh. That's so interesting because I liked the Christmas special a lot more. No, I like this a lot better than Christmas special, even even with hmm. Mala being in the uh, in the Christmas special. I think what I liked about the Christmas one a little bit better is um, I like the story here better, but I liked I thought the other one, the first one, was funnier. This um, one's more. This one's oh yeah, the second this one no, this one has good horror beats in it. The, the this but this one's more. <laughs> this one's way more. It's funny because this is... I, I wish they would call him Towel Boy at some point. He's basically Vader's Towel Boy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I've prepared your bath. <laughs> I will always, always, always be here for this Emperor Palpatine. I love him so much. <laughs> Fine. 
It's so funny. It, it do, There's not a lot of them, but if you notice every once in a while, like, I mean, ever since they did the Lego movie, you see the, like, not only the texture of the plastic, but of the paint, you know, like a real Lego. Yeah. Every once in a while, one of these guys will have a scratch on them or an area that's sort of a little more worn on them and with, with, that look like, you know, maybe the dog chewed on them a, a little bit. It's It's amazing. Yeah, like post helmet right here. You can see like the scratches on it. Yeah, that's what I. Those are those. Those are there, but there's like, those are like post helmet has damage on them, but sometimes it's like on like the back of Vader's helmet or something where it's more like it looks like a Lego that's been played with, like in the meta, like this, like just in the Lego movie. This is really just like some kids playing with their Legos. You know, is what's really happening in this story, or. But another thing that kind of you want to talk about horror and what freaks me out is is huh. post double the way it distorts. <laughs> Why is that horror to you? It's just because it's unreal. It's uncanny valley with Lego. Because like the the I mean, they the 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 surfaces of these things lend such realism to them that it makes it look like somebody stop motioned animated this look at with the trees with real legos you know yeah like the the iron trees right now just like look like legos that are just kind of bent over and everything and they're i love it i love that look of it cuz you can clearly well, see Sometimes there's even parts of it, you know, like in sometimes in old they would do stop motion, but they would like they would have a character on a string or something and you can't really stop motion it unless you spend a lot of time and money. So they would have like a stop motion in like some of these old cartoons and then all of a sudden you would have just a real they would dangle the model off a string or something mm -hmm. and it would look very it would look all of a sudden going from stop motion to a more realistic Sometimes stuff in here does that. Goes to almost like it was. No, okay, for one thing, fucking fucking Master Shake the Hut is is. It's your first time seeing Grabala, isn't it? Yes. Oh I, gosh, I love him. Is he, he in other stuff? He's in the Freemaker Adventures. He's the main oh. villain for like two seasons. He's there. I did not know there was a Master Shake the Hut. I mean, look at him. Look at his eyes. <laughs> look at his face. He, his eyes look his like face. the hypno just Master Shake the Hut. His like, eyes I look like the Hypnotoads a little bit. <laughs> it's, he's just got that sleazy, it's got that sleazy, unhinged Master Shakeness to it. And, I, and like, I very rarely recognize voices, and I was just like, oh, yes, this is definite. Oh, and I will say that the animation of the, a Lego hut is the greatest depiction of a hut ever, even more than Return of the Jedi, at, like the movie, the CG, and the, and the practical versions of them in the movies. This this caricature, you know, co comedic version, like works the best. It just work. It works better than any of the huts in Clone Wars and and anything. He's just he, something about his animation is just very appealing and feels like it just if it, it's it's 
it's you know exaggerated but it feels more real than any hut i've ever i love it i love it it's, it makes me so happy to hear you say this because like i what made me the most excited about well, now this was I'm for the, for, now that he's my grievy now for the freemaker adventures yeah now, and, now i'm really like i'm all in on the freemaker adventures because this like, guy is just a, a pleasure to watch him and his two little uh, lackeys with the horns, like they're all Freemakers characters. And I would actually argue like this is a sequel to that because his whole thing in Freemakers is he wants to build this beach island casino. And that's his only dream. And he has to like deal with like Jabba and his bullshit. And I actually thought Dean here was Ronan. Rowan for a minute and I was like is that Rowan and I was like no because Rowan would be older than Poe it wouldn't make sense but like Grabala is fantastic like I love this character he's pro- he's my favorite hut even if he's not in canon like I love Grabala no he's <laughs> the best and if this is what gets you to finally watch Freemakers I'm so excited for you because I fucking love Freemaker Adventures let's go <laughs> let's go Freemakers well, I know we've planned on we're going to watch it eventually. So now I'm now I've got something to really like. Yeah. Grab onto. He is a like he's there definitely okay. throughout okay, the Okay, this season. kid has a little scratch over on his on his right side of his head and his hair. And you'll see it and it's more like a scratch that would like just be like, you know, cuz you put him away in the toy box against something metal or something. It's It's brilliant. Yeah. I will say, like, I, my same gripe that I had with the Christmas special I still have here, which other shows like um, Freemakers and Lego All-Stars really embraces the Lego-ness of it, where, like, they're constantly, like, jumping out of their ship in space and, like, fixing their ship on the outside in space and, like, really deep diving into that, like, Lego element. And they do with some here, too. Like, at one point, like, Poe changes his hair in the middle of a scene. And, but I, I, I wish they, I still wish they would kind of go back into the Lego-ness of it just a little bit more because I actually really like that element because it makes it really fun. Well, this is a very, very Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Too. Actually, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because Vinay, um, as I was saying, is straight from the Vader's Castle series in, in the IDW comics. And I love that. I because this is, is essentially this is a living comic. This is exactly the, yeah, structure. See the back of his head. Did you see the back of his head? That well, we can't go back, but like, just little scratches. Yeah. It's, but like, this is pretty much if if you ever wanted to read like a Vader's Castle comic, this is pretty much the structure. You have a nay for five issues, spinning stories. And I actually, I do want to say I love all the title sequences are calls to other horror movies. Oh, yeah. That's such a nice touch. Well, the this, I... this the, the whole plot, to, I don't know if you've ever seen The Lost Boys, but this it's is... It's been a very long time. I saw it in high school. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's funny because, like, about halfway through this, I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, this isn't canonic, but they're telling, you know, they're telling... Um, Kylo Ren going bad story in his youth and stuff, which is a pretty fertile area to well, do it. But then, then I'm realizing it's, and then I'm just like a couple jokes in. I'm like, oh god, this is Lost Boys. And then, then I'm thinking, then I'm thinking to myself, man, the Lost Boys story works kind of well transposed with Kylo Ren. You know, it's it's sort of. It sort of fits. 
Well, so what's interesting about this, this one in particular, that I feel more than the Christmas special, is they are playing with canon stories. This whole Kylo Ren story is pretty much the Charles Soule Rise of Kylo Ren comics. Almost beat by beat, like, introducing Ren and the Knights of Ren. Like, Ren's already an established character in canon, in the comics. And this is what he looks like, that's his helmet. And this is kind of how that comic rolls out. But it's more fun, and he has a horrible mullet. What is this mullet? <laughs> this mullet I just is love that these, <laughs> these Christian Slater. Now Christian Slater has gotten himself in Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> but, like, I, I like that they play some of these, like the Monkey Paw one with, like, Luke going to the dark side. It is clearly not canon. But this one... <laughs> really does play with canon in a lot of ways because this is already an established comic book. Now, what were those what were those Dark Horse Star Wars comics that redid all the movies with an alternate Oh, I know what the, you're I know what you're talking what about, but I don't know what they're called. Like one of the, it's like one of those stories, you know. Oh, yeah, but I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I don't remember either. I've got them all. <laughs> Stay on the path, ben. Oh. <laughs> Any children singing no matter what is always creepy. <laughs> I will say to me this one is the most horror of the three. I was like, this is actually kind of creepy. Yeah. Maybe. Well, Lost Boys was pretty creepy. <laughs> you weren't Jedi. And they get they even get the saxophone in there. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> no, like um See, I didn't know that the that this character was in a comic or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And to, that... I'd like to read those cuz I'm I'm interested in those stories, you know. Anything that happens in the that time period is yeah, it's The Rise of Kylo Ren by Charles Soule, and it actually shows that Ben didn't destroy the temple, which sucks because that should be in the movie, but it was actually like a side effect of things that happened, and he didn't, and the temple just got destroyed on the side and everyone died, but it wasn't him. But the movies are like, no, he didn't. And I'm like, that feels like a glaring thing that should be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, well. We could talk about that a lot, but we have. <laughs> Right here was when I was just like, oh yeah, they're just do it. I was that's this is when I realized that this was sort of a beat for beat. Oh, I take it back. I have not seen Lost Boys. I'm confusing it with The Outsiders. Ah, yes, much. Because I was different. like, I was sitting here going, doesn't have that? Doesn't that have Pony Boy? And I was like, wait, Pony Boy nope. is a the, totally uh, different thing. You know the meme of the shirtless buff saxophone player with the mullet that's from lost boys and that's what that that cantina player was if you ever see it you'll you'll recognize it it's a it's a one of the oldest internet memes of just this buff shirtless guy with a mullet playing saxophone yeah there's no uh stay gold pony boy stay gold no, <laughs> no none of that here no the lost boys was a vampire story you're right, but I have I think seen uh, it. Keith Sutherland and it had uh, Corey Feldman in it. And I think Corey Haim, the two Corys. 
I'm not a Kylo. Was, well, now, was that a real thing from the comic too? That Kylo was uh, that he owned like an insult and turned it into his name. Which is, I mean, if that's not the way it is, that's the way it should be. That would be very with his character, like embracing something negative, yeah, embracing the negative, you know. I don't remember, to be honest. Um, you want to call me Kylo Ren? I'll name myself Kylo Ren and I'll kick all your asses. Yeah, I don't remember, to be honest, because I read the first two issues and then our store closed down and I didn't work at a comic book store anymore. So I know I haven't actually finished the series, but I've seen like glimpses of it here and there. Um, but I haven't read the few, last few issues, so I don't know the answer at the moment off the top of my head. Um <laughs> I do remember that Rin was a very fascinating character and he was very buff. Huh. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, he's buff. <laughs> but a lot of the beats were the same, like, this is how the temple was destroyed. It's sort of similar and stuff like that. No. Call me Kyle. I'm hoping we actually get some more of this stuff because, um, especially when we get into the Acolyte, the TV show, because I'm actually really fascinated in a lot of the dark side stuff. And the sad thing yeah, is, a, a lot more of interesting that all anything that's why the Darth Vader comics are the big sellers, you know, it's way more interesting. But I also feel like that's the catch of it is that all a lot of like the Acolyte stuff, um, like right now, the comics are just absolutely fleshing out Ochi of Bastoon from Tross, and he's turning into a really fascinating character who's going on a buddy cop romp around with Vader, and I'm just like, this is really interesting. Too bad it's not on screen where most people would consume it, and I, I, I that's why I'm really excited for the Acolyte, because I really yeah, no. want to see more of this kind of dark satery thing on screen. All, all the good characters have such evolutionary character arcs Whereas all the bad bad characters also usually have their character arcs, except for Vader, but like for for but even so, even but even like after Vader, Anakin turns into Vader. There's still a lot of you know there's there was a lot of stuff to fill in you know between him finding you know figuring out who Luke uh, you know and all all that stuff and there's always going to be chicanery in the in the Sith hierarchy. So it's just the the potential for interesting stuff is so much higher than the than the good characters who you can't do much with because anything that's done with them is going to be done in the movies or in the TV shows. Yeah, and you can't we, really you can only like fine tune or underline anything that's been done before, and you end up spinning your wheels. Because that was something that we talked about when we were doing the World Between World episodes of Rebels. There was that very interesting, like, dark side historian who worked for Palpatine that was, like, talking and, like, like he was, like, I think Mr. Hayden was his name. And right. he was really interesting, but he's only in two episodes. And we were both like, we want more of this. <laughs> more of this, like, magical dark Wait, side. Wait, who, who did their voice? It was That was, like, a celebrity voice, wasn't it? I f yes, give me a second to Google talk. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I just remember Iron that was Rebels. I want to say John Lithgow. I know it's not John Lithgow. It was that was uh, Malcolm McDonald. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's what it was. Yeah, voice repository. I wonder if, like, after the Kennedy assassination, if they would ever use repository, like, or no, well, that's the book Depository. I don't know. Repository. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it just sound, repository sounds evil. I love this idea of um, all these dark, like, Lord lightsabers that can, like, be possessive and stuff like that, and. I, I want more. This is what I want. Is I want like all these Sith artifacts, and I just like want to like explore all of these and stuff. I like how he's how Grabala is just sort of holding it and just sort of like flicking it at the kid. <laughs> I'm so happy that you love Grabala. Oh my god, he's just oh. so beautifully animated. He's that that I mean, you can tell they're just like, oh my god, we get to do Master Shake. You know. Oh, here you go. Here you go, boy. Here uh, you go. How 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 awesome is this, right? How, how full of everything everything that I like <laughs> is and this. Is, and they brought back Barbara. I had to look it up. They brought back Barbara Goodson to voice Mother Towson again, and I'm just like, good for you for bringing back your old voice actors. And yeah, I would, I, you know, but I could have done with some more. I would, I would have liked more more of the Night Sisters in this. I wish they would have been more of a. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really like this section. Darth Maul is a rolly droid is great. <laughs> I love Yeah, this no, this this one grabs all the bet like a lot of the best horror elements and and goes for it, you know. And I like how it still pokes fun at can at can and they're just like he got cut in half and came back with spider legs and they're like, Yes, he did and Poe's like that's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Yes. Yes, he did. Hey, Lair of Grievous, something that I'm talking about later. It's your Grievy. It's your Grievy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Grievy's origin story is a, definitely a, a horror story. And the, and these guys are back. His 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 bitchy, his bitchy concierge. Mm-hmm. How happy were you to see your Grievy? Oh, are you kidding me? It's been so long for you. Yeah, and it's probably going to be a long time again. You know, I mean, that's the thing about Lego is Lego will get you everything you want eventually. I got Mala last Christmas, you know. So, but yeah. What I do like about this is a lot of <laughs> a lot of Grievous's acting is in his eyes. Because he doesn't have a, like, that's facial expression. That's all he's got. Yeah that's, what, yeah, that's how it was in the movies, too. Yeah, so they, they put a lot of emphasis on that. <laughs> I love this Palpatine. He's my favorite Palpatine. Oh, really? I like Seth MacFarlane's Palpatine's pretty good. Or Seth Green or MacFarlane? Seth Seth MacFarlane. I think it's Seth MacFarlane that does. Seth Green does Robot Chicken. Seth MacFarlane does Family Guy. Yeah, but he does. He also does Palpatine in in the the Robot Chicken Star Wars. Does show. he? Yes, he does. We've. I feel that we've had this conversation before. This, well, I don't this just looks. 
gorgeous. This looks like a Ray Harryhausen animation, except like incredibly smooth. <gasps> oh my God! It is Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Oh. Chris is right. Yes. He does. No, a, I, he does a damn fine. I was just Palpatine. misremembering it. Yeah. I was my favorite Palpatine is I don't know is Mike Stolakis Sto, Sto, or whatever from Red Le- Letter Media. He'll dress right up as Palpatine, and he's he's good. He's not dead accurate, Ian McKellen dead accurate, but he gets the essence of it, and it's comedic. So it's it's usually really good. But it's com- he does it comedically, but dry, you know. So it's mm-hmm. I love the way that they animate his spider legs. They, you know, I was just, I was waiting for you it's, to. It's to, different than Clone Wars, but they I was look about to like say a, that. Yeah, because I was waiting for you to stop talking. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I like how it's more like a spider, so it actually is very heavy on the backside. It's a tarantula. It's yeah. Totally, like, look at that. Totally looks like the way that they spread out like that. And... <laughs> Force flip. <laughs> you have to like. I bet Sam Witwer just has the best time doing these Lego ones. Oh, yeah. Because he gets just to do mall, but just, like, silly mall. Just, like, really silly and stupid mall. <laughs> I, do, I do take issue that, uh... I do take issue that Grievy does not come out the victor in this one. I'm here but, for these horrible pan- these horrible puns. But They're- mall should be able to take out Grievy. One hundred percent Roadrunner and Coyote right there. See that where he bounced down that see where he bounced down there? That yes. totally look that looks like a that looks like a Nintendo video game unit there. I like that he's taped back together too. Yes. <laughs> Sam Whitworth's having the best <laughs> the best time right now. It must have been damaged uh, in a fight. Oh, push! <laughs> I think that's why I like this because uh, this Palpatine so much because I like all his like silly little things. Like he's just like zappity zappity whenever he uses force lightning and he's like push me push. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this is totally evolved from the robot chicken. You know, it's funny because the robot chicken. Palpatine's demeanor was so popular that it's just become the default. You know, as long as it's not the real canon Palpatine, he's always this sort of just like casually, casually evil guy. But he's still, you know, it's like this humanized evil Palpatine. And it's just fun. It's, It's just, it's fun. I, I mean, I think that's honestly where, like, a lot of, um, when I do my recaps, like, my Palpatine of, like, taking bubble baths and stuff was definitely derived from that robot chicken one. Well, I think it, it all comes from the end from Ian McKellen, or not Ian McKellen, um, um, the Palpatine's original actor who doesn't do any of that stuff. But it's oh, Ian sorta, McDermott. Dear McDermott. 
It's it's in there though. You know what I mean? He doesn't oh, yeah. do anything like that, but it's in there. And okay. everybody just sort of implies it from his performance and it's it's wonderful. It's this we saw, we saw whole other that. character that's just sort of subliminally inside Palpatine that everybody sees without it ever having to be in the movie and break the you know, he never breaks the evil in the movies a little just a little bit when he's chucking stuff at Yoda, you know. Yeah, and I think that was it. That, that one scene where he was having fun was is just like they they could just interpolate and build this character right from just that, and it's wondrous. I mean, we've talked about that too. Like that scene, like that's like his coming out camping scene. Like he's so campy in that scene, and it's just a lot of fun because you can tell it's just it's his party he's just like i've been doing this my entire life it's finally here let's have some fun let's throw yoda around smack yoda around a bit throw some stuff at him we're having a ball and like it's it's so campy but that's why it's fun because it's just him really just chewing every scene he's in yeah. like when he like you can tell like when he's fighting mace windu like samuel jackson is like so stoic and like he's just like oh so much power yeah. <laughs> it's fun and i think i'm just uh let, let star wars be fun i will say i i do prefer rowan freemaker over dean dean's fine he's just a little basic for a kid Though I like that he's force sensitive. That's a nice little touch. But so was Rowan Freemaker. I love the Wookiee's Paul. The Wookiee Paul is my favorite story. <laughs> it's so much fun. Just well, have because this, like, it's so much fun because it's just like, fuck it, let's go. You know? Yeah. yeah it's, very, like, it's very much like the Simpsons Treehouse of Terror like, where they're just, just like. Luke a selfish, evil bastard. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just follow this right through. And oh, with the with the with the Twilight Zone font into a fade to white. Rates fucking lead. Sorry, I had to turn around and look at the score. We're leading. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I I'm glad they also kept like the Luke constantly drinking milk like they did in the last one. Now go. Also, I've always enjoyed the monkey's paw as a story in general. It's always been one of my favorite kind of creepy stories. There's a monkey monkey's paw, um, but just the de- just that the the perspective of that that star destroyer. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a monkey's paw, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror too. No, I, have I love, to say, that, I love was, that it's just a clip. <laughs> if, that's the thing, if this wasn't, though, if this wasn't Lego, that would be fucking horrifying. Gory. Yeah, it would be totally gory, and it looks totally like something you would put on your keychain now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I would love that keychain, but if I ever saw that in, like, real life, like, if that was normal and it was, like, Chewbacca's fucking hand, like, that would just be the scary. Luke is such a cute himbo. Even well, here's the thing is, Luke was actually looking to do this. I know. know. So, so. I can't see a thing in this helmet. I love that he's still just a cute little Twinkie himbo, even in this evil AU. Look at Tarkin! (laughs) And I love that the suit is just like an empty. (laughs) Just to have a Lego. Still wanted more! 
See that that that, oh my God, that Tie Fighter looked like it was he's hanging James from Brooklyn. a string. What? Huh? I said that he's Jace Brooklyn. <laughs> he's just like I don't want patrol duty. I'm better than this. Oh my God, he's Jace Brooklyn. That bitch. Reference. I gotta say, Legos Legos space battles look pretty damn good. The explosions always look weird. I wish they'd just sort of just break into pieces like Legos, but... They do do that in Freemakers. Um, they don't actually have explosions, they just break apart as toys, and like then you'll have the pilots just floating through space going, Someone those, come get me! Those, those, those explosions look like they're optically printed right out of Star Wars movies. Like, they mm -hmm. took the ex TIE Fighter explosions out of, like... The original Star Wars and and digitized them into there. <laughs> I love silly derpy Darth Vader. Look at Jesus. that light and the the lens flare and stuff. Look at the Vader's helmet. The reflections, yeah. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous. If you try to if you try to like the scratch, see he's Vader's yeah, got some the, good scratches on there. They're totally like plastic wear mark scratches. Actually, I wish to be more powerful than you. Like that he's still doing like the Obi-Wan scenes. As almost a nice lead-in to what we're gonna be getting. We've either already started it or about to do it when we talk Star Wars Visions. This also has a lot of similar beats to the yeah. twins. Yeah. I have to... I Oh, I meant to check to see if this was Plume Striker in the background. I meant to check that and I forgot it. I think it is Plume Striker from Freemakers. I forgot to check for that. Ah. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. They, they get all the music. They, they hit the music... <laughs> Perfectly. The, the kiss that makes me laugh. Mwah, for luck. <laughs> Proud dad. Nice. I love how he takes it off and just puts it on. Puts on new hair. This is my episode six hair. He looks a bit like Return of the Jedi Luke, just with That's more. That's what I was saying. It's episode. He takes off his episode four hair and puts on his episode six hair. <laughs> he's, he's got scratches on the Wookiee's. I just love it. Uh, I love seeing I love Leia. That, I love that they have that. That it's like Leia that, and Obi Wan. Leia and Obi Wan, and they set up the whole. That this is what this is what this totally reminded me of those Star Wars Star Wars. Oh, what the hell were they called? Anyway, the alternate the alternate story Star Wars where. You know, all of a sudden you'd catch up to a story point that would be different, and then all of a sudden you sort of figure out what happened, you know, um, through, you know, just sort of interpolate. This they did it through straight up, you know, exposition, but it's still really cool. Yeah, I love seeing like Leia in this position and like still also having been here as well. Um, well, did you, it, I mean they're they're so they're like frame by frame getting a lot of these shots like exactly right, except they're actually higher definition than the original movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. He still he still blows up the. He still blows it up. Yeah. 
that's very Freemakers of them like just blowing up and floating in space while still talking and just being like, someone come get us! This is where, to me, though, this this special kind of... I don't want to say goes downhill a little bit, because the three shorts are so much fun and so cool, and I just feel like this like third little third act of just resolving this story... It need it needed like three minutes to resolve the story, really. You know, yeah, I mean that's it, it that's the thing about framing long. devices. I, I unless unless the framing devices go into something really cool, but this is just sort of you know. It, it's just a little long because like Poe has to get his ship fixed, and like Dean goes, and I and I I think Dean's an okay character for the story. I, I you know I he's not my favorite, but I think I think he's fine, and I think they give him a good enough backstory and good enough like wants and stuff like that. But they also have to stop Vinay, and like this third act to me is where this lags because the three I almost wish there was like one more story to yeah. kind of take its place of them like yeah. maybe just figuring- a short one. Yeah, just a short little toss-away gag one, you know? Or, like, something like, they, like, Vinay tells them one more story, and it just so happens to, like, spoil his plan. They're like, oh, well, we're not going to do that then. Like, that's how they beat him, and that way it can just be one more fun little story. But, like, the, yeah, this whole third act is my least favorite part of the special, because it just kind of goes on forever, and there's so many MacGuffins, like... They have to take away the holocron so his armor falls apart and all sorts of things. And though I do like that they incorporate the story, incorporate the story, like the Rin helmets there, the lightsabers there. Like I like that they incorporate incorporate all the stories into this scene. I just think it, for one, it's far too long, and, and yeah, and maybe I'm just spoiled because the Vader's comics, uh, the Vader's Castle comics with Vinay. It's an ongoing series, so each episode, each like the issues just kind of end because they want to leave it open for like the next year because they do them every Halloween. So they release like four to five issues every Halloween. Um, though I do like the zombie battle droids. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is the best element of it. Is the is and of course they just go Roger, 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 Roger. And then they have a lot of fun things. So um, I, I mean almost- the, the the whole Transformers sith is good for like two or three shots you know but as a thing that they have to fight eh, whatever you know mm-hmm. it is fun watching gurgala slither really fast just <laughs> like i'm gonna slither oh, nice <laughs> uh, i actually really want to see zombie battle droids in in something where they're just like this because they're normally like really fun characters and just seeing them just being like, actually, well, they're actually very... they're less effective as zombies. They don't shoot. They just, they just sort of walk around and like you. They they don't really seem to like be much of a a threat. They're just cool, but mm-hmm. like if you really think about it too long, they're not much of a threat. This. <laughs> gotta go with a good shot I, I, although this was a very as soon as as soon as i knew what was going on I, and i knew exactly what the gag was gonna be you know because i've seen the shining a million times yeah robin bosh <laughs> i do like the ongoing like darth vader ducky that they put in from the beginning too and that is just kind of always there <laughs> 
Though, this is, I will say, the sequence reminds me a lot of the zombie Geonosis oh, yeah. episode. Because, well, like, they have, like, Hills. this... Yeah. Well played. Yeah, and then they have, like, this little bit of a little bit of like a little rebels tribute. I actually wish they played with this a little bit longer with them hidden as the stormtroopers. Oh, I do like the uh, skeleton stormtrooper. Oh, it's kind of like Griff's uh, helmet in Resistance because he has the yeah. skull uh, TIE fighter helmet. We have to have the moral of the story. It's okay to be afraid, because being scared is also courage. I'd like to see what a Lego chopper would look like. No! Oh, is, do we have Lego chopper in Freemakers? I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to see a Lego chopper. A Lego bucket would be really cool looking, too. Lego bucket would be awesome. Because I know... Hera, Hera's in Freemakers, but I can't remember if Chopper is. Chopper Freemakers. I don't think he is, I think. Is this Lego All-Stars, or? It's so hard, because there's so many Legos, because there's Freemakers, Lego All-Stars, there's Droids Tales. Um, I think Chopper is in Freemakers. If I remember correctly. And Google, if I'm Googling correctly. <laughs> My Googler's working. Working extra Google time. Remember that episode of Rebels where... Kanan and Ezra were in a little walker and they were running away from pig walkers by keeping him between them. <laughs> that's exactly what the scene is. And maybe that's why I... Is there so many callback to other things that I, like, it's fun, but I'm just like, part of me is like, as people who uh, watch, like, all the shows, I've seen these beats before. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it looks nice and it's fun, but it's not as, as engaging as the rest of the the show has been and that's kind of like as we get ready to start the mandalorian at the at the beginning of the year like that's sometimes my gripe of the mandalorian is being made for a general audience they're covering a lot of ground that's already been covered in animation and not doing new things um the one that's coming to mind which is actually ironic because it's my favorite episode of Mandalorian, but oh my god, the Breaker Breaker's next round! Ah! <laughs> Breaker Breaker's next round! Breaker Breaker's next Okay, sorry, so my favorite episode of Mandalorian, the Breaks are going to the next round, Chris, it's great. Um, the, and my favorite episode of Mandalorian, which is Sanctuary, which is episode four, where he goes to the village and helps them learn how to fight against the, the raiders. I love that episode, but it's almost beat for beat the episode of Clone Wars, which does the exact same thing. And I get that it's being presented for a general audience, 
which is the hard thing because they're wanting to present it for a general audience. But for people like us who have seen like yes. all these animated shows, it's not new, which sometimes can make them come across as boring. So, and I and I am sure these people work very hard of how to balance stuff for general audience versus deep diving fans, and that has to be a very hard thing. And I don't have the answer for that because they must think about that a lot. Um, well, here here's the thing. I think with this, why this isn't working is because with with you know something that's just sort of the binding element to a non canonical thing, even though. You know, they're not going to kill Poe or something in this, you know. So there's not a lot of tension over, you know, the bad guy winning or anything. It's just sort of, it's just so, so it, it should, it, it maybe should have been played. Well, now we get a little Lord of the Rings anyway. Yeah. But, uh, um, it could have been played for, you know, more comedy, this, but it, there's just no tension to it, you know. Whereas in all the, the, since all the stories are just like wild and crazy, anything can happen. Luke Skywalker can go bad. So they're, they're just a lot more compelling. This just what the, this story just sort of has to go through its motions, you know? Yeah. And there, and it's, and it does have a lot of time to do it. So it's not, it's just going to go through sort of a pat story arc for something like this, you know? Yeah. Poor, poor Grabala. All he wants is his beachside casino. <laughs> I am so excited that you're excited about Grabala the Hutt. You don't understand. He's one of my favorite characters. Of well, Remix. I love Master Shake, and it's just, it's just, ma it's just a, it's just like more of a G-rated Master Shake. But like, Master Shake ha also has those eyes like Grabala that are like crazy person eyes. <laughs> Crazy is kind of roomy, and roomy is an R H E U M M Y, you know, sort of runny, creepy eyes. They're they're just great. They, I can't help unsee the hypnotoad though. I'm just waiting for them to be like, <laughs> like I am just, I can see the hypnotoad of just. <laughs> Though I will have to say, Raphael uh, Alejandro is, he's the cutest little kid. He was in Once Upon a Time, and he, I, it's kind of weird because, like, this is going to sound creepy, but I'm going to preface this by saying, um, he, he started in Once Upon a Time, and he was a little baby. Like, he was a kid, like a tiny, tiny kid. And then I he just ends up being in a lot of things that I watch, just like do animation and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so I've kind of weirdly watched this child actor grow up and like seeing him here as Dean. I'm just like, I remember when you were just a baby <laughs> and once upon a time and now you're like a kid. <laughs> and that was, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I'm just like, he grew, he, it's, it's it, it's it's interesting watching like a little kid actor just like coming into his own. So I'm like part of me, I'm just like you used to just be the cute kid on one, and now you're just like an a, a, like an actor. And I'm just like he's an actor now. And he's so precious. <laughs> so like the kid who played uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, well, it's a little bit different because when he was in Once, he was 
maybe like five. So sometimes he could tell he's like, I am saying lines. Yeah. <laughs> but here, like he's act- he's acting, and so it's like really cool to like watching this kid because like he's also in Amphibia. He's been like in other shows that I've watched too. So it's it's just really cool watching him just like come to his own. So, and that was Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Do you have what what are your final thoughts on i liked it a lot i it was it was it was it had uh except for like that end part it had a little more to it than i expected so i i really liked it i'm i like and dislike it compared to the the holiday one that came out last year like i like the story more and i'm a fan of the vader's castle comic so when i saw like the trailer and the structure and saw the i was like oh my god it's vader's castle because i really love those comics um, but I, I, I think the first one is a lot funnier, but they hit a lot of those jokes of like, we're jumping through time and we're making a lot of one-liners and it's a lot of fun, but I like the story of this one better. Um, so I like it too. I, I don't, it's, it's, it's a fun little romp and I'm always here for my, my dear sweet Grabala the Hutt. Like, I love him. He's my baby. I'm just so excited that like you're excited about this because I'm like yes maybe we'll do Freemaker sooner. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was solely for the for you know in in this show. So now I'm I'm. No, he's excited. been like yeah. he's been in like two or three shows already. So I am just very very excited. Um, but I don't really have anything else. So you just want to talk horror and Star Wars? Yeah. So we don't really have a structure for this. Um, we both just kind of like, and actually, I do want to preface this by me. Horror is not my forte. Um, I don't like horror. I'm not a fan of the genre. I'm in no way saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not for me. So when my list and like some of the things that I put in are things that just scare me personally, or things in Star Wars that gave me a fear reaction. Um, but I'm I'm just saying this because Chris is the horror guy. So that's gonna be the differences of our list is like these my things are like kind of personal of things that scare me, but I do not do not know the beats of horror and I don't even claim to. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try that because I don't. So I just want to preface that for me, but we just wanted to talk about some of our favorite scary moments in a galaxy far, far away. Well, I we, right we off the bat right off already. the bat we we uh talk about Lara Grievous. We have the well Lara Grievous yeah is what? is definitely you know a horrific you know it's it's a monster's lair episode. And we had it, it in looked, here in the the Lego special too. It was cool to revisit that. Yeah, and 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 Grievous's situation and his origin are are horrific. He's like a and, self-made Frankenstein. And that like wasn't he, the greatest of episodes, but it was definitely... That it, was your 10 for 10 of Star Wars, Chris, of Clone Wars. That was your one 10 for 10 episode. Was, did I give that one a 10 for 10? Well, that's the thing. You upped... We, we made a deal. Um, when we were going into Season 7, when they were doing Season 7, you had yet to have a 10 for 10. So going into season seven, you were like, if I don't have a 10 for 10 coming out of this final season, I will pick a 10 for 10 episode. And you chose that episode. Because oh. I was really scared you were going to choose Bomb Bad Jedi. <laughs> I might have been doing it. Par- yeah, I might have partially been trolling you. So 
Yeah. No, but like, you, but, that, yeah, like that was but, your one ten for ten episode because you gave that one like a nine or a nine point five, and yeah. that was one you constantly felt. Just because we got to hang out at Grievy's house, that's all. Yeah, and and his pet Gore, remember Gore? Oh, Gore! Oh, yeah. Gore wasn't horrific. Gore was just metal. He was just a cute little good boy who didn't des- who deserved better and didn't deserve death. He's a good boy. But. I notice your first note is also my first note, which is the scariest scene in all in of Star Wars all movies. Of Star Wars. We should have probably saved it for last, but you know that we're J guys and Jedi. We'll get it right out in the open, and uh, and that's the Vader hallway scene in Rogue One. I've never been so scared in a Star Wars movie. That's the, that is the truly most you know that Star Wars does hor- horror beats. But it's not like horrifying, like a real visceral horror movie. That scene was. Oh and, God! And, yeah. And right behind it is Vader showing up in Rebels too. The first time Vader shows up in Rebels, that and just overpowers first. everybody. Yeah, the Rebel scene so, came first. But uh, but uh, but the one in, in Rogue One is oh. just horrifying. Just the. Starting in the dark and hearing the breathing, and then just the red of the lightsaber. I have, I know a lot of people like either love that scene or hate it. Like that for me, and and I know there's a whole thing. Kind of brings the whole movie together in in some that's, ways. That's why a lot of people don't like it, is because they a they feel like it's tacked on, but I I feel like it's a necessary ending because it's a three part Anakin play. Um, and that's Act Three of Anakin. We start off with seeing Anakin just as just as himself in the back to take. He's just Anakin, and then we get that scene with Critic where he's kind of Anavator, and he has the scariness of Darth Vader, but he still has the snark and like sarcastic wit of Anakin. And that final scene, he's all monster. He is the monster in the room. Yeah. And show and he unleashes the beast, and it's scary. Well, like it's and. <laughs> Like and now that I'm thinking about it, the first scene with him has him vulnerable. The second scene has him in uniform, but it, like the way he had to get out the bath. <laughs> the way it's filmed and with the with the you know with the his joke line to Krennic and stuff, it's not as it, like like his uniform looks a little funky in it, so you're paying attention to that, and that's just sort of him at the office. Getting ready, you know, dealing with dealing with Joe at the water cooler and dressing him down. And then, though, the third scene, it's showtime, you know. Here he is out in public and he's got to like he's he's got to be the personification of death and dis you know, no hope, you know, and he does it. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that to me is probably the scariest scene in all of Star Wars. All of hands Star down. Wars. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to disagree unless there's an element in a scene that's like one of their phobias or something, you know, like me, right? Like you. <laughs> But even even you, even you, this is scarier than any droid. Actually, it was really interesting because when I was making my list, um, I was kind of I wanted to try and see like if there was something in every piece of Star Wars media that we've had so far. 
And there's so much in Clone Wars, but a lot of it is actually, interestingly enough, in the first half of Clone Wars, like the first, like, three seasons. And the back half of the show is very, like, character and war focused. So the first three seasons of uh, Clone Wars is very experimental, which lets them do a lot of those horror beats. Um, And then I can only find a couple in Rebels, and... You said none in Resistance. I had one that I was kind of on the fence of that I I didn't put in there. But it feels like they've... And maybe that's just uh, the difference between the show starting on Cartoon Network and moving to Disney. Um, Because there's almost less horror beats in the Disney era versus the... But but then we have this horrific uh, Vader scene in Rogue One, which is a Disney era. So it's interesting when it comes to animation, at least. The ones on Cartoon Network feel like they got away with a lot more horror versus the, the later... Ca- ca- well, the Cartoon Network one was really, like... It it was, it was like, an ensemble show, and they were feeling really free to be, like... And I don't know if it's George Lucas's um, influence or whether they had enough time that they would, like, be, like, let's do this one in the style of a kaiju movie. You know, let's do this yeah. one in the style of a Western you know. Because the first three seasons of Clone Wars are very experimental, and then finally, about starting season four, they start kind of buckling down on story. Well, the, and um, they started they started like the getting, getting characters that like all of a sudden people were like, "Hey, you know, Rex, I love Rex." You know, Ahsoka, people started yeah. the characters start developing and and take taking a place and taking space up, whereas before it was just a sort of big. It could be all clones one episode. It could be. You know, you might not see Anakin this episode. Obi-Wan would disappear for a while. And then after a while, they were like, we have to more or less, you know, have a have have a connect connecting tissue between all these characters and follow it through, which I think was probably their their plan from the beginning anyway. Yeah, but so so I just found it really interesting that a lot of the horror ones that I pulled minus the the Night Sisters, which were very strong in the mid to late season, um, were earlier in because I was talking with Chris before um, because I know and I was telling him before like horror is not my thing and so I was trying to like when I was making this list I had one episode of Resistance potentially on there that I decided to pull which was um, The Disappeared because that episode is scary but it's scary because of what it's mirroring in real world um, it's real world mirroring being the invasion of fascism which is a scary thing, but it's right. not horror. <laughs> but it's more so. of a, you know, I was saying before we started, uh, it's sort of like, you know, but it, this was more like drama, like Schindler's List. But you know what yeah. I'm thinking? It's really more like The Sound of Music, where you have like a family structure and that, you know, they're a family that are doing their thing. And the You're Nazis not are wrong, which is why I'm laughing. <laughs> and the and, and the Nazis, you know, it, it's it's not a musical, but it has it, it's closer in tone to like Schindler's List or Sophie's Choice or something like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the majority of my list is actually um, from Clone Wars, uh, and some of these are personal, like. That scary ass torture droid and the fucking Martez sister arc that comes yeah. waddling out there with his scary ass face, smacking his sparky hands together, creeping along. That shaking, shaking like an old man. That 
that creepy ass motherfucker is why I have a phobia of AI. That motherfucker haunted me. I remember the first time I saw it, the first time I watched this episode, I started like yelling. I was just like, no, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. Get it away from here. Oh my God. <laughs> like it scared me. <laughs> um, so I don't know, let's, let's do like Clone Wars ones. Like, what are some of your like favorite horror beats of Clone Wars? That might be that might be a good way to go through this kind of like shows and stuff. Well, Maul and the Night Sisters, I think, oh, are general. Hell yeah. And Maul, I think you know the, the standout for major Maul and the Night Sisters is just sort of classic Disney supernatural horror, and then you had. And then they turn the, like Savage into like almost a Frankenstein-like monster. Like he wasn't right, a Frankenstein they, they turned monster. They turn Savage into the you know like Maul was kind of a tragic figure, but they made Savage even more tragic, and it's sort of like he's a nice Maul, guy who loves his brother, Maul and they turn sacrifice. him into this monster, yeah, he, and they turn he, him into a monster, and he murders his own brother. Right and and yeah and and he becomes a a, a sacrifice for his brother, and uh, so that's that's and and the other major major horror element was the whole um, Geonosian queen arc, yeah, which, which was equal parts aliens and a zombie movie. And you have like the clones being possessed by like the brain worms and fighting Barris and Ahsoka on the sh- they're trapped on the ship with them. And brain worms coming out of people's mouths, trying to get into other people and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's straight up, you know. But oh, both yeah. of those are both of those are straight up. This this is a horror beat in the in the style of Clone Wars, where it's like. We've taken on a, a very non-Star Wars tone here, mm-hmm. while making it still Star Wars. Those, everything else are just little, you know, little tiny beats here and there. Yeah, you, know, you, you get get a few every once in a while. What I want to bring up and, and, can, and can I can I touch on one before we move on? Yes. Um, so to kind of also tie it in with the Night Sisters, um, I also would be remiss if I didn't bring up the Night Sister episode of Rebels where Maul takes Ezra to Dathomir and Kanan and Sabine get possessed by, like, night sister ghosts. And they have, like, fire coming yes. out of their eyes. Um, that was one of the biggest examples in Rebels I could find. Because oh, that's... Wow. what about the, the, the Sith Temple, too? Was I was on the fence about that one because it's not very horror. It's just Maul it's... being an old man in the shadows and a creeper. <laughs> Yeah, and also it kind of reminded me actually more of the Matrix in some ways. Because if we're going to throw in that Sith Temple, then we need to throw in the Sith Temple of Resistance, which is another one I considered. But that was more Indiana Jones. That was more Indiana Jones, yeah. No, what what I'm saying we shouldn't forget is Clone Wars, but the Tartakovsky Clone Wars when Grievy makes his first appearance. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Murders all those Jedi. That was straight up scary. That was like, that like, I would put Vader Hallway Rogue One, Vader's Return in, in Rebels and the and then the Grievy scene right under that as like the three scariest Star Wars sequences ever. That's a good call because I didn't I I don't I so rarely think of Tartakovsky. That's a really good call because that is a scary like he's just like crazy. That's the Tartakovsky. only time Grievy is scary. 
That's the only time in yeah. all of Star Wars uh, outside, I, unless there's comics or novels that I haven't read, where Grievy is scary. And he's scary. They set him up. They set him up to be really, you know, a real threat in the next movie mm-hmm. until Mace Windu turns him into old Wheezy. Yeah. Which I love that. I love that. And I wish they'd still considered that canon because I like that being the way I like that Grievous was a a killing machine who could have you know rivaled Vader or anybody but Mace Windu crushed his his lungs (laughs) (laughs) and after that he wasn't as you know he wasn't as useful anymore you know basically right at the beginning of the Clone Wars but like right before that he was just like slaughtering multiple Jedi at a time with ease and do you know, having fun doing it and skittering around like a little spider rat. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh and they my don't God. show him ninety percent of the time. It's it's, it's all shadows. Movie. Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's all they shadows. Use, use and sa- all shadows and sound and and just quick flashes of him. It's, it's and, and the reactions of the Jedi. That's the important thing. Like you can see the fear seeping into them. Especially like I think there's a Padawan there too, and he's the most scared, and you just see him becoming more and more terrifying. So, um, Chris disagrees with me on this one, but I would also throw out the Blue Shadow Virus episodes. Because you have this crazy, maniacal doctor who is experimenting with the deadly virus. And then you have Ahsoka, Padme, Rex, and and, um, Jar Jar trapped with this killer disease and no way out. And uh, The way you describe it sounds horrifying, but its execution is... It's you got, find it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We yeah, make yeah. fun of it a lot. Like, we constantly do the, yeah, 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 like here. Like, we make fun of it a lot, and it's turned into a joke on this show. But, like, watching that for the first time, like, there's a real fear there. Like, I knew, when, I remember watching it for the first time, and I knew Padme would get out. But Rex and Ahsoka, I didn't know. Because we didn't know their futures. Right. And watching just clone by clone drop and not having a way out. And it was a race against time with Anakin and Obi-Wan as this, cause like crazy maniacal doctors are a horror trope. We've seen them. Like that's that's what Victor Frankenstein is. He's this, well, it depends. Movie Frankenstein's more crazy. Book Frankenstein's just like, oh dear, I made a monster. Yeah. I'm just going to abandon it now and fuck off to England and let the monster just be on its own. Yeah, no, the the book Frankenstein is more of a deadbeat dad sort of story. (laughs) I have read Frankenstein, and that it's so different because, like, the the monster is just like, oh, I'm just gonna debate with you, and he's just like, whoop. Yeah, no, no, the monster, the monster is a kid who is abused and and. And is in the right. And yeah, and and goes bad because he was abused. But like in the book, Victor Frankenstein is definitely the monster. In the, ah, yeah, uh, yeah. And people always do the correction of like, actually, Frankenstein was the name of the doctor, not the monster. And it, and that's when I always go, actually, the doctor was the monster. But like, to be a dick. I just love Victor Frankenstein, the book. He's just like, oh, no, I made a thing. I'm just going to fuck off to England for a year. Goodbye. Uh, I'll, make him a, I'll make him a girlfriend, and it'll be okay. And... Yeah, yeah. So um, the next Rebels one, which was, which was only the only other one I had to pull up. Yeah. 
Um, if, if, if I had to do my Reader's Digest version of of the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, it would be like, Dad, pay attention to me. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Goodbye. See you oh, in two years. Oh, God, I didn't want to have a kid. I'll see you in two years. Goodbye. I didn't even want to get married, but I have to get married so he doesn't kill her. Oh, no, he killed her because I got married. <laughs> oh, Victor Frankenstein, you're such a piece of shit. Um, the other Rebels one I wanted to bring up, and a little bit, a little bit in Always 2 there are with the two Inquisitors hunting um, Zeb, Sabine, and Ezra on the, on the abandoned station, but definitely... Rise of the Old Masters. Where Kate, it's episode four. It was the first oh shit moment of Rebels where they think that they're rescuing Luminara. And it's actually her yeah, corpse. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And it's her corpse. It's and her then, dead body. And then the other side of that is Grande. Grande is the monster in the room and he is just relentlessly hunting them. Every time they go, like they get through a next door, he's right at the end of the hallway not running, but just slowly, patiently walking towards them and just following them. And they can't get away from him until the very end. And he is just hunting them. And the rise of the old masters is easily the scariest episode of Rebels. Hands down. (laughs) The more, I remember screaming seeing Luminara's corpse going, ah! (laughs) Um, you mentioned when we were talking on on Facebook a Mandalorian episode with Spitters. Yeah, that that was uh, that was definitely it is an alien not, not not as much alien as aliens as sort of was the Geonosians ones was more aliens than alien, but yeah the the spiders in Mando was definitely, I mean that was one of the better like horror segments in it because they were really good at building it up. Something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. You know? And then they, they put in a little bit of comedy with like Grogu eating the baby spider and the mom was like, you ate my well, baby. Well, yeah, the comedy <laughs> value of that, I guess, is varies from person to person. But yeah. It does. The, but but, but uh, even so, it's a very uneasy kind of comedy. And then mm-hmm. as and then it's one of those situations where it's like, where it's like real life when things go south where you go like oh something's happening look at that look at oh that's not good oh wait that's on a scale that's really not good oh run for your life <laughs> death is coming <laughs> yes and it's just boom but you know you just have enough time to make each realization and the characters are doing it at the same time you know grogu's just like oh spider friend spider food and and you know and spider food and, spider food <laughs> and, and first the spider's food and then it's like then They're it's the like run and, and then not be the food yeah it's <laughs> it's it, it's it's very good and and they build it up to look like yeah they're screwed you know they're just so that was a that was a very very good um what now how about movies i I'm going to sort of skip the, 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 the sequels because the sequels did have, you know, Palpatine at the end, but it, whatever. I, I just wanted to throw out um, one when we're still on the topic of bugs and spiders. Um, I want to throw out an honorable mention of the episode 
from Bad Batch Infested. Um, probably my least favorite episode of Bad Batch, but it's the one where no. they're in the underground minecarts and all the bugs are in the dark and they don't know where they are and they have to move quietly so they don't wake the hive. Um, so I, I, I wanted to throw that one out as an honorable yeah, no, that's, that's, to go. I, I totally, that, that one's definitely, I should have thought of that. I want to no. just tag that one with... Um, with Mando because it's also creepy bugs, but movies, yeah. Uh, like Star Frank Wars, I don't, I can't think of any horror beats in Star Wars other than like the, the, the Jawas. The Jawas were scary for me the first time I saw the movies. The, the Jawas trash seemed... compactor monster, huh? The trash compactor monster. Yeah, yeah, but that was scary in almost a comedic sort of way. It was, it was more of an action sort of pratfall than like a really scary monster but like the jawas creeped me out the first time i saw star wars i was like what the like they seemed evil and threatening and then after that it was they were just houdini yeah. after that <laughs> empire strikes back you know okay the fight with darth vader is a little horror movie like but it's more like a, a shakespearean drama thing but then i remembered it's got the scene where luke goes into the force tree and uh, that's pretty creepy. I have seen when I was Googling earlier, and that was a scene that did come up constantly was people talking about the dark side vision. That freaked out a lot of people in the theater and in, in the in the especially after, you know, after waiting three years after Star Wars and having no idea where it was going and like wanting to see Luke fight Darth Vader. And then it's like, oh, my God, Darth Vader's in the tree. And then it was all then it went surreal. That was that was a really creepy scene to watch. Um, Return of the Jedi has some some of the some of the beats with Palpatine are pretty intensely horror horror wise mm -hmm. at the end, but otherwise nothing. I can't think of nothing in uh, would uh, you episode would one. Would you count um, it more action and like drama unfolding? Order sixty six invader killing yeah. the younglings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a bad it's a it's bad things happening, but it's more of a tragedy scene than it is. It's yeah. more of a montage of a tragedy. It reminds me more of a war epic than than a than, horror. Than I, a horror. The closest one I got to is is probably Vader killing the younglings because that. I don't know if it's true though, but I find it funny. Um, the scene where the little kid jumps when he lights his lightsaber because they would have to digitally put in the lightsaber. I don't know if this is true, but apparently, like Hayden Christensen went, boom. <laughs> uh, he looks like he looks sort of. It lo that looks like something that like Hayden Christensen did rather than George Lucas. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I, in in the prequels, I don't think horror shows up until that episode, and that's what I had. Je Anakin killing the kids. And Maybe, what about just Anakin just Anakin's killing? whole turn scene, like where he turns at the end, is is very horrific, and I was what? feeling that. What about Anakin killing the Tuscan Raiders? Yeah, but it's I, not I, handled. It's not presented. Like a horror. It happens, but it it doesn't. It's horrific. It's it's horrific, but it's not like. They could have made it horrific. They just sort of, it just sort of happens in it. He goes and he's like killing people in the, but you could have had a sequence of him just like, you know, from up above, just like I would have done it like a scene from up above 
where you just see Anakin's lightsaber kind of small, but you can tell he's just like cutting through, you know, dozens of, you know, he's just like running through and destroying the whole thing and just like keep moving away from it. That would have been horrific. But the way it was shot was very dry. And when you think about it, it was very, it was awful. But you don't get that visceral, like something awful has just happened. I, I didn't. I think that would probably would play out differently if, say, like the Mandalorian episodes that really humanize the Tusken Raiders, um, because Mando does a really good job of humanizing the Tusken Raiders, showing that they're intelligent, they have a culture, they have a language, they use sign language. Like, well, it there's does a, a really lot good of job. theory that there's going to be a lot of that in Obi Wan too. And so I think, like, if we had gotten Mando first and we saw how humanized the Tuscan Raiders are and then having a scene of, like, Anakin, like, slaughtering them, I think it would be a lot more horrific. Yes. Well, they would have had to shoot it differently. They shot it, like, it was really, it was just shot with a static, a camera on a tripod and Anakin comes out of the hut and just cuts down a few people and then it does a, a wipe, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it's, you know, it's George, it's, it's. It's George Lucas not wanting to get too intense until the third. He knew he was going to get intense with the kids for the third movie, but having to get, having to make Anakin into a mass murderer. But he was, he it felt to me like he was pulling his punches. Mm-hmm. In, I, I would agree with that. In in that, and and that was and and that's about it for real horror. It, well, I, except for I can name one more in in uh, Rogue One, and that's the what is it, the Bulgogi, Bulgog, Bulgogi, oh, or the, um, the, the mind sucker that the, uh, with with uh, Bodhi. Yes, that's, that's coming after Bodhi. Yeah, that's a pr- that's that's out of like that's like Lovecraftian horror. It's very it's very brief, but that's that it's definitely worth worth mentioning. Um, I wanted to touch on a few from books and comics that are for me personally. Um, though before I move on to books and comics, um, Chris and I both kind of threw out an honorable mention that we both almost put in the Umbara arc. Uh-huh. And, and I, my honorable mention is Tippy the Tapeworm. <laughs> I forgot about Tippy the Tapeworm. Um, from the you were almost arc. scary, Tippy. Almost. Um, but like we both kind of were like, cause I, I put it in my honorable mentions and I was talking to Chris beforehand and he was like, oh, I almost put that one in too. Because a lot of it is the setting. The setting of Umbara is very dark. You can't really see a lot of the things. You don't know where the enemy is. Um, and then there's Krell and he's the true enemy and he's just goes on this murderous rage and you just don't well, know when they're, to trust. When they're fighting, they're, they're, it's, they're, 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 it's one of those rare ones where the, the um, clones are really kind of they're 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 alternating between doing their clone thing and getting their asses whipped and when they're getting their asses whipped it's like a light version of um saving private ryan or something the first scene you know like people are just biting the dust left and right and you're like oh my god they're getting routed right now because the natives are or or vietnam movies where they'd be in the jungle and all of a sudden start getting picked off by snipers and they don't know what to do because they're out of their element you know they're... and that's kind of where our debate was it was one like... of the ones where the clones were starting like han solo and rogue and, and solo starting to realize like hey you know yeah these guys are whipping our ass and stuff but like we're kind of on their 
planet. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we were debating earlier. Because like, there's a lot of scary moments in Ubara, but a lot of it is more like war suspense. Yeah. But like one moment that sticks out very in particular to me is it's really dark, and Rex and his men are walking, and the Umbarans come out with like a centipede droid, and it just bursts out of the ground with this big light, and it looks like a monster, even though it's a droid. <laughs> And it just comes out, and all you see is this bright light and these, like, turning turbines that's just, like, circling them. And that, to me, is probably the one moment that's, like, the most horror. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we were both going back and forth about Mbarra, so I feel like I had to throw that one out there. Um, so I wanted to touch on three from books and comics that I've read. Um, one I've mentioned multiple times already, the Tales from Vader's Castles comic series. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's from IDW. It is a young, a younger audience comic. So it's very goosebumps. Um, like very young reader goosebumps kind of feel. And they're just a lot of fun. And they're like little stories. Like Vinay tells one of Chopper on the ghost getting possessed by a ghost in Kanan's holocron. So he goes on like a rampage through the ghost because he's the ghost in the ghost. And like Hera and Kanan are just like, oh my God, we're, tra we're trapped. <laughs> oh my God. So they're very goosebumpsy stories, um, but they're a fun, like younger audience kind of horror. And I really love, I, I really, I'm like two years behind. I didn't get to read last year and I haven't read this year's yet, but some of them are fun. Like there's one where Tarkin makes a Frankenstein monster and he is the Victor Frankenstein of the story where he makes this horrible beast in the war and it just goes on a rampage and starts murdering people. And Tarkin's just like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> But, like, the whole thing is framed that Tarkin is, like, Victor Frankenstein. He's the, he's the real monster in the room. Um, so I definitely highly suggest the Tales from Vader's Castle comics. Because they're just a lot of, like, good old-fashioned goosebumps fun, but set in Star Wars. Can't recommend them enough. Um, to, to stay in comics, Lord Momin, who I've talked about on the show and I love so much. And he's one of my favorite villains. Oh, my God! And, Dar and, and Count Vidian. I have to throw out Vidian. Um, I'll come back to Momin in a minute. Vidian is this is one of the scariest villains in Star Wars. He is, I call him Business Vader because he's essentially Darth Vader. He's stripped himself completely of humanity to where he's a cyborg with a human brain and his entire thing is production to where like if people isn't meeting his production numbers, he'll just dip them in acid because he's a fucking psychopath and he is a scary villain. And I hate that he's taken out in the first canon book of this new era and he doesn't get to live on because he would just be a terrifying force if he got to live on. But um, I love Lord Momin in the Darth Vader comics by Charles Soule because he starts off with, as like, I don't want to say like a nice character, but he's definitely a very Mephistopheles kind of character from Faustus where he's like giving Vader everything he wants but there's going to be a catch and you know there's a catch coming but you don't know what the catch is and Vader is aware that there's a catch coming but he's this ancient Sith Lord who is is possessed who's trapped in this helmet so he starts possessing people like he uses the power of the dark side to get people like normal humans to put on this helmet and he completely possesses them and he drains them of their life and every time he needs a new victim they die and Moment um, becomes almost like this parasite just living on people until he gets his way. And I really love Lord Moment. And the other one is a little bit newer, which is the Dringir in the High Republic comics. So the Dringir are sentient plants, dark-sided plant creatures, and they're monsters that were so dark-sided that even the Sith feared them. 
And the what the thing that stands out to me the most about the Jordan Gear is I was listening to them on the audiobook. And I was just driving along, listening to Into the Dark, and the Dren Gear start waking up on the station, and like Wreath and Dez and Comac and Orla are trapped with them. And then they start talking. I didn't know they could talk. <laughs> so they have this like very traditional, like scary horror movie monster voice. And I didn't know they could talk. So they when they start just whispering and talking, it was a chilling moment in the audiobook. And I started just screaming in my car. I just clutched the the uh, the the steering wheel and I was like, oh my god, they talk. Oh my god, they're sentient. Oh, and it was just this horrible thing because they were just talking about how they wanted to eat the meat and everything is meat. It didn't matter what it was. Everything was meat. And they were just like, we are going to eat the meat and we're going to take your flesh. And I'm just like driving along going, this is not fine. I'd so, be like, here, have a nice glass of salt water and I'm turning out the lights, buddy. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Well, they're not that easy because the, the most recent version of the Dream Gear in Edge of Pop Balance they turn living flesh into wood in Edge of Black Balance. And so now they're turning flesh beings into wood and killing them that way, which is a crazy new step that they can do now. So the Dringir are like more than just like, oh, it's an evil plant. We can just burn it because you burn, as long as a single leaf still exists, they can multiply back into an army. And they are just the most terrifying part of the High Republic. Wonder right what now. happens if you dry them out and smoke them. It's it's hard to tell because they're still in like this weird place right now. But the Jenga are, are really creepy. So th- those are my uh, my my nods to books and comics. Is well, I only have sense. one book, and one of the rare Star Wars books I, I read. I, I shouldn't say read. I listened. I think I, I'm pretty positive. Of the mind I listened, eye? listened to the audio book. No, Splitters of the Mind. Actually. Go! Oh my God, Jesus Christ! I should remember. Splinter of the Mind Eye had some pretty horrific moments in it. It's especially the the meeting with Darth Vader at the end is is very horrific. And uh, there's some scary stuff in there, but it's sort of Nazi stuff. It's sort of uh, more like scary uh, fascist stuff, with like you know the 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 Imperials that are running the outpost are like just humiliating and 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 treating the the natives terribly but no the i i'm pretty sure i listened to the audiobook of death troopers the star wars zombie novel it came out around the same time that the walking dead you know started getting big and it has very famous cover of a bloody broken stormtrooper helmet hanging from a hook from a sort of meat hook looking thing and uh, I, it, I I want to think that the characters were sort of like smuggler scrapper people and they find an abandoned star destroyer and are like ooh this ought to be filled with good stuff and it's full of uh, stormtroopers with a zombie disease I've heard of that one, but I haven't read it yet because I'm just like, this it's is just a big chase. It's a big chase through the Star Destroyer, and it's pretty straightforward horror. And then in the end, they bring in a, a classic, a couple classic characters who they try to be sneaky about, like who they are, you know, but you figure it out in two seconds. 
and then it becomes just more adventurous because you know those characters it, it takes out all the well it takes out all the um um you know there's no you know when you have two characters that are going to live on into further stories you know you know they're not going to die but it's like it's but it was pretty good for what it was it was pretty good mhm but um that's the only Star Wars novel that 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 I think that might be the only straight up horror like that was written as a horror novel. I I haven't read all the Star. Technically, there's um I have. I'm sure. I'm sure they're probably. I'm talking stuff. Um, there is one, and I'm holding it in my hand. I haven't had the chance to read it yet. But there is one called Star Wars Dark Legends. Um, okay. It's a series of short story um, legends pieces. So these are like stories about like what you... So it's not fully canon, but there's a lot of debate about that because it's about yeah. um, stories being told. And like the first one is... Um, like like here, here's, the, here's the introduction. Welcome, brave reader, to this treasury of all things dark and gruesome. Within, great knowledge awaits. But before you turn the page, however, take a moment to reconsider. For here in your hands, you hold one of the most perilous tomes the galaxy has ever known. No. And and it's it's a series of stories. Like So the first one is called The Orphanage. And they literally have artwork of the Grand Inquisitor drawn like Nosferatu. And like the classic like long fingers, hands out, big eyes. And it's about him creeping on an or- orphanage because there's a force sensitive child. So a lot of them are like cautionary tales. Like there's a werewolf one. Um, there's one that's like uh, like items that possess people. So this one was specifically written to be, I would say, a slightly like young adult um, viewer uh, right. uh, horror novel. But the artwork for one is gorgeous. Like I love the Nosferatu Grande so much. <laughs> he looks great. I love him anyway. But there's like a werewolf story, like in this too, and on a the moon of Lupal. <laughs> I wonder if that's where they have Lupal's drag race. But no. so there there are there has been a few, but like this one's not technically canon because it's supposed to be told like in the form of legends. And I've been wanting to read this forever. It's been on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, they just released another one that's like Life Day Treasuries, and it's all Star Wars Life Day stories. <laughs> oh Jesus. I, that's on my list. I want that so bad. Someone buy it for me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, horror, not my thing. Yeah, I get well, we from commercials. <laughs> we we seem to cover quite a bit of it, so I don't think we did too bad. Yeah, yeah. Leave in the comments, guys, some of your favorite like horror beats in Star Wars. If we missed any, yeah, definitely we missed some. So everybody, tell us what we missed. That's that's for sure. We, I know we missed some, and I know there. I mean, there's so much, so many comics and books too that there's got to be something. Oh, if Scott yeah. Rifen's listening, I think he read all the Legends books, so he would probably know. Oh yeah, because Legends is not even close to like mine and Chris's forte. Not even close. Um, yeah, because well, there are things. Uh, even are, if like, it was, it would take us years and years and years to get there because there's a lot. There's of a lot there. of them. So yeah, guys, definitely leave in the comments like your favorite horror moments of Star Wars. What's scary to you? Um, 
do you like Carlos? Do you not? Like, we want to hear from you. So definitely, like, leave it in the comments. I'm interested to see what people um, leave for us on this one. So, but I don't have anything else. Do you, Chris? Not me. Well, if you don't have anything else, where can people find you? Well, you can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's where I am, like Tron in the computer world, in, in my own website, just sort of hanging around. But it's wow, not as fun as... Wow, you just pulled out Tron. It's not as fun as Tron. It's kind of weird there, but I, I that's where I hang out at twotruefreaks.com. That's where we got all our podcasts. And I sit on a big pile of them. And sometimes I roll around in them and chuck them into the air like Uncle Scrooge. And you can subscribe to our RSS feeds there. Or you can uh, go to like Apple Podcasts, I think they're calling it these days. And uh, get our shows. If you search for Two True Freaks, you can go to Facebook and look for the Two True Freaks podcast page. Where we post up every show that we have. If, if Facebook is your thing. And you can also sign up for the Two True Freaks Cantina on Facebook where you can hang out. And if you're some sort of sicko weirdo prevert, you hang out on Twitter and there you'll <laughs> find the Two True Freaks. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't say a sexual pervert, although you could be a sexual pervert, but I just think. Excuse you. We like to be called thirsty. Thank you. That's okay. okay. Well, there's if, you, if you're one of them thirsty people on like Twitter, me. then you can find the Two True Freaks page on Twitter, and that is run by Gene Gene, the thirst machine. I was going to do like a horror movie, like evil laugh, but you threw me off with thirst machine. I should have been like, okay, okay. And that's where you can find Gene Gene, the murder machine. <laughs> Gene. I'm still laughing at thirst machine. Here we go. The thirst machine. I'm your thirst machine. Now, I'm the thirst machine. Monster fuckers rise up. I'm actually so mad right now because they just released the Japanese covers of Light of the Jedi, which is the first High Republic book. First of all, those those covers are banging. They're so good and they're so cool. And they're so clean. But also, most of all, my dear boy, Loden Great Storm, is so fucking hot. And, like, that's kind of my thing. Like, Loden is a Twi'lek, and I love him, and I write him over on AO3 under the name Chaos Lydia. I'm writing a story called Fire and Thread, and it's about Loden and Bell. And Loden is the sexiest character to me, and I fucking hate all the official artwork, which makes him look, like, monstrous. And I'm like, no, he is a sexy character. I, let, just, let me bone this Twi'lek. I want to fuck him. And then they dropped, like, the Japanese one, which is better. He's still not, like super sexy and thank goodness for fan artists because fan artists get it they get that he's sexy they know that he's sexy and he's vibrant and he's fuckable and i'm just like lucasfilm get on that let me bone this twilight stop giving me like all these like... <laughs> i just i just picture you pitching it like pitching a character and i and he's young and he's vibrant and fuckable <laughs> yeah oh and my you God. know what that would actually probably be a good pitch if I ever made a What If series for Star Wars, first of all, it would be High Republic. It would probably be my fanfic of Loden and Bell. But to be, but because, and my number one thing is at no point can Loden not be fuckable. Like, he has to be sexy at all times because he's a fuckable character. Let me bone up my leg. <laughs> Just let me bone him. And I hate this whole stigma that's like the human characters are only the sexy ones. No. No! Mel Twilight can be sexy. Darth Maul is sexy as hell. I don't care if he doesn't have a penis. I will fuck him. <laughs> I will fuck Darth Maul. He is a sexy-ass character. Savage, want to touch his pecs. 
Ventress, oh my god, she's gorgeous, let me get her. Like, stop this whole thing that, like, aliens can't be sexy in Star Wars, because us monster fuckers are very upset by that. Please let them be fuckable, <laughs> Loden is. Thank you. Let me get off my soapbox. So oh my god, I find am! You, Hope. <laughs> I am a pervert! <laughs> where, where can they find Hope the monster fucker? <laughs> no! Like, it's, it's, it's... Total side note before I go Monster into fuckers, Inc. It's actually a really interesting, um kind of subgroup um that is a and i, and I, I don't want to say i'm gonna i'm gonna preface by saying what it's happens not, if monster what happens if 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 sully accidentally comes to hope's room chris let me finish i think uh it's so interesting because monster fuckers are actually like a really interesting group because it's a really good analyst of and i, I don't want to say it's like exclusively a queer community thing um because it's not but a lot of queer people find themselves relating to monsters. And so there's actually a lot of like really beautiful think pieces like of like analyzing monster movies and like people's attractions to monsters um, within the queer community. It's really interesting. Look them up. They're really great think pieces. But well, it's not, I mean, yeah. from the beginning of monster movies, there's been, you know, queer sub subtext to, you know. To, to the way monsters are, you know, monsters are treated or identified, you know, yeah, it's always been sort of. I to actually, and, and I know it's not just queer people, because one of the, like the most um, like heartbreaking quotes from Riz Ahmed, who played Bodhi in Rogue One, was he remember watching E.T. and he related um, as a Pakistani British person who whose family were immigrants in in the uk he related more with the monster being et with et yeah anybody else in that so like there is like so like many prevalent things so i'm like i'm jokingly saying monster fucker um because that is kind of like our titles of like yeah we went about monsters but there's more well that was the thing is et et wasn't a monster he was just he was just different to Mm -hmm. the point of where he looked monstrous but he was he was uh he was a foreigner you know the language Mm -hmm. barrier (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, it, I jokingly say monster fucker, but like, there's a lot of weight behind that. But yes, I do want to fuck a Twilight. Anyway, you can find me at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter. <laughs> That's our Twitter account that I run. You can also find me at Hope Monarchs. Um, I am also a writer for the Geeky Waffle. You can read all my wonderful waffle posts over there. And I'm currently doing weekly reviews of the animated show Amphibia, and I will be continuing to review Owl House whenever it returns, and I hope it's soon because I miss it. Um, but I'm also, uh, I'm, as soon as I get the next Thrawn book, um, which will be Thrawn Ascendancy, book three, Lesser Evil, um, I've already been talking with Arzu from Space Waffles, and she's, that, that's the, one of the Geeky Waffle Star Wars podcasts, um, and we're, we're already planning on, like, talking with Thrawn soon, so check out Space Waffles, too, and go listen to my friend Arzu, I've been on that show a few times, um, I also have my website, Geek Your Girl Experience, and I also have a podcast with Chris called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where we talk about animation that we will be finishing Gravity Falls soon, as soon as Hope has time to edit. It's coming, I promise. It's coming. Anyway, <laughs> goodness, I, I actually don't know what, because we're recording this a few weeks ahead of Halloween. This so is, I, this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna time this to come out as close to Halloween, so I don't know when it's gonna come out in the, I'll, I'll, it'll be a point something episode, you know, but yeah, yeah, so we're, if you either, listen to it now, it's like Halloween. So happy Halloween for one. Um, we either just wrapped up Resistance, or about to wrap up Resistance, or we're about to start talking Star Wars Visions next week. 
Yeah, um, I, I think we're still we'll still be in the we'll still be in the middle of the wrapping up resistance and then mm-hmm. doing the like season endings of it by the t- before you hear this. Yeah. So either we're in resistance wrap up or we're about to start Star Wars Visions and both are fun. Yay! <laughs> but happy Halloween, everybody. Let's do our, our best maniacal laughters to take us out. Just. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural.